today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Paul is saying that the guilt and condemnation of my sins no longer have to rule my life. And the reason why you and I still struggle with guilt, guilt can be a good thing if that guilt drives me to the cross. When guilt is not a good thing is when Satan builds this infrastructure of guilt and condemnation to keep you from Christ. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Shame and guilt can be healthy emotions that push us towards better decisions. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us how dangerous they can be once we're saved in Christ. If Jesus forgets our sins, why should we hang on to them? They've been paid for, so there's no reason to wallow in the shame anymore. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. For now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thou shalt not commit adultery because it will destroy your relationship and it will never be the same for the rest of your life. Thou shalt not commit murder. Why? Because you will be haunted and hunted for the rest of your life. Thou shalt not covet. Why? Because again, it will eat you from the inside out. Covetousness is insidious. Every single one of the commandments. It's a loving heavenly father saying, don't do that because it's bad for you. And father knows best. (laughs) And I love you and I, I want what's best for you. And I'm trying to protect you and direct you and even redirect you away from something that could be harmful to you and hurt you. Because if you hurt, I hurt. You know how it is for parents and grandparents, right? I mean, it's been said, this is really uh, interesting. A parent is never happier than their saddest child. Think about that. Man, my son, my daughter is struggling or hurting. (laughs) You're killing me. It kills me. Can't stand it. When our children were infants, they would cry a lot at night. (laughs) I still don't think we've slept. Uh, It's been 23 years now, but... (laughs) And this is back when there was this teaching going around, uh, let them cry it out. I'm like, whoa, let them cry it out? What if something's wrong? They're they're crying for a reason. No, let them cry it out. And don't bring them into the bed with you. Let them stay in the crap. Shut the door. Turn off the baby monitor. Well, my wife and I decided, you know what? We need to get some sleep, so let's try it. You know how long I lasted? I'm talking about me now. Yeah, maybe two minutes. It might have been more like a minute and a half. My son's wailing in there. I'm like, what's wrong? Everything okay? Come on. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Here, honey, nurse him. 
and interesting. He stopped crying. Hmm. Can you imagine if God let us cry it out? Whoa, I'm going to end it right there and leave it right there. I think you got that one. He hearkens unto the voice of our cry. Now, there's something here that I, I really need to point out, and it's, it's so crucial. It's not just that we've been forgiven of our sin and cleansed from unrighteousness. Not only has Jesus cleansed us from all of our sin once for all, so too has He cleansed us from the guilt of our sin, once and for all. We need to delineate between sin and the guilt of sin. Romans 8.1 says, therefore there is now no condemnation, no guilt for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Romans 6 verse 14, the Apostle Paul is writing, and this is a one of those verses in the Bible that at first read, you could read it and go, oh yeah, praise the Lord, I'm under grace, not the law. But notice what he says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Now again, at first read, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Sin shall not master me or have dominion over me? Wait, I still sin. Is this saying I can be sinless? No. Okay, if it's not that, then does it mean that the temptation to sin no longer has dominion over me? No, because if that were the case, then Jesus, who was tempted in every way that we were and are, then he would have sinned. If it's a sin to be tempted, it's not a sin to be tempted. James says that you sin when you're tempted and you give in to the temptation. Then you sin. <laughs> oh my goodness. If it were a sin to be tempted, I, I'm not, I got it. I'm not, I, 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 you fired. <laughs> I'm out of here, man. T tempted. And, and so are you too. You're sinning right now. So if the temptation to sin is sin, what hope do I have? Nah, I can't be that either. Okay then, pray tell, what is it? Ah. It's not sin, otherwise we'd be sinless. It's not the temptation to sin, otherwise Jesus would have sinned. It's the guilt of sin. So let's reread this now. For the guilt of sin, the condemnation from sin, shall no longer dominate you, master you, have dominion over you. You need no longer allow the guilt and condemnation of sin to be over you, because you're under grace, and that sin, once and for all, has been paid for. Okay, why is it then that I struggle so much with the guilt of sin? Paul is saying that the guilt and condemnation of my sins no longer have to rule my life. 
And the reason why you and I still struggle with guilt, guilt can be a good thing if that guilt drives me to the cross. When guilt is not a good thing is when Satan builds this infrastructure of guilt and condemnation to keep you from Christ. That is his sole goal when you and I get saved. See, prior to getting saved, his sole goal is to keep you from getting saved. And then you go and you get saved. He's like, ah, we lost another one. Regroup, emergency meeting, JD got saved. What are we going to do? Here's all the demons of hell. Well, he can't be unsaved, so we're going to have to like, you know, change our strategy here. He's come to Christ. Let's distance him from Christ. Let's create something, build something, do something to keep him from the one who forgives him and cleanses him. And as long as we can keep him from the cross, we got him. Because then he's living under that guilt. And that's where we want him to live. We don't want him to live under grace where he's forgiven, and there's no more guilt. Because see, as long as we can get him living in guilt, we can have a lot of fun with him, especially him. (laughs) Because under guilt, oh, we can drive him to do all kinds of things because of guilt. And we can certainly keep him away from the Lord, because that's what he wants to accomplish in our lives. He wants to distance us from Jesus Christ. Because as long as he can keep us away from the Lord, there's no forgiveness. Keeps us from the cross, no forgiveness. And this is exactly what Satan doesn't want me to know. And here's why. He wants me to think that I'll be controlled by the guilt of sin, so I will fall into sin. See, he wants me to keep sinning. And then he just keeps building upon the guilt, and then pretty soon, I mean, you're just being crushed. Puts another brick, another layer on the wall of guilt in my life. Then, when that happens, (laughs) Satan is right there again to condemn me and deceive me and get me to hide my sin, cover it up. And then when I cover up my sin, then that's when I keep my distance from the Lord, because I'm in hiding. I'm in hiding now. Nobody can know. So I've got to keep it a secret. I wouldn't tell anybody about that. I sure wouldn't confess that. See, Satan knows that as soon as you bring it into the light, it's kind of like cockroaches, you know. One thing about when I, we moved here to Hawaii, we don't have cockroaches where I came from. I've learned a lot about cockroaches, more than I really would like to know about cockroaches. I sure hope there aren't cockroaches in heaven, that's all I can say. But cockroaches are nocturnal, right? So they come out in darkness. So I wake up early on Sunday mornings, right about 3, 3.30, sometimes 4 o'clock. I go into the kitchen and all of these cockroaches are like having a party. No, I'm serious. You notice that? Not 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 4 a.m. in the morning. They're having a party. It's kind of like, oh, he's up, and they start running. 
I turn the light on and they start scattering. That's that's what happens with us. Here's the darkness. And we're covered and hiding in the darkness. And Jesus is like, man, turn on the light, get rid of them buggers. I'm sorry. By the way, that's, buggers is not good. I'm sorry. I, in some parts of the world, that's a bad word. I'm so sorry. Here, it's not, right? Tell me it's not. It's not. Okay. Forgive me. I'm forgiven. Man, the last time I said that, I got emails from online members all over the world going, Pastor JD, that is a dirty word where we're from. I'm so, I'm so reminds me when I was in, can I just share this with you? Why not? So I was in Russia. This is uh, back in the early 2000s, and I had a, a translator, you know, and I had to cut my uh, messages in half because it took, you know, half the time for the translator, which was, that was a trial. But anyway, I, you know, shortened my message. And so I would say it in English and then the Russian translator would translate it in Russian. Well, I'm sharing about how my children who were young at the time called me Baba. And I was trying to make this connection to our Heavenly Father, who is Abba. Abba is in the Hebrew and the Aramaic. Baba, the Arabic. And, you know, like Papa, Daddy, I was trying to bring in this whole thing about, hey, I can call him Daddy, Baba, Papa, my Father in Heaven. So as soon as I said Baba, they just started laughing almost uncontrollably. I'm looking at the translator. He's looking at me going, (laughs) you ready for this? I wish you would have told me before. Baba in Russia is a homeless woman on the streets. I'm like, you can refer to our Heavenly Father as a homeless woman on the streets. Okay, let's come back to the sermon already in progress here. I'm sorry. I want to close with a quote from Roy Hessian. He's with the Lord now. This comes from his book, Forgotten Factors. And this was many years ago. I want to say it was probably now about maybe 15, 20 years ago that I read this, and it just opened up Romans 6 to me and Hebrews concerning guilt, the domination of guilt in my life, which just causes me to sin even more. I mean, what's the point now? I've already blown it. And I'll tell you, this this just changed everything. This was the Lord's way of getting to me and saying to me, the guilt of sin no longer dominates you. He says, speaking of this being just crushed under guilt, he says, in that condition of despair, We have little motivation but to commit further sin. By the way, that's exactly why Satan does that, because it's like, well, you've already blown it. You might as well just, I mean, you already blew it. He says, our spiritual situation is so dead and unsatisfying that we feel a further act of sin is not going to make things much worse. So why not? 
the most we can hope for in this situation is to try to hide some of the more shameful sins. But the longer we hide sin, the longer it goes on condemning us, and we get more and more under its dominion. Is it not obvious from all of this that the real purpose of Satan in provoking us to commit sin is not merely that we might do something unethical, but that when we have done it, he might have the opportunity to accuse us. He is called the accuser of the brethren in Revelation 12, and then in that condition we are rendered powerless. The Christian who has committed an impure act feels himself the next day an utter dog. You had days like that? He does not want to look God or his fellow Christians in the eye. And as for undertaking some spiritual service, he would rather run away and hide. This is just the result the devil intended when he provoked that Christian to sin. He got you. How many men, can I just speak to the men for just a moment, and we'll bring it in for a close. This will be my final closing, so. How many men have been rendered impotent in their service to the Lord because of this? I'm a wretch. I'll just sit in the back. I might just stay in the foyer. If you're sitting out in the foyer, we love you. You're not, it doesn't mean that. Or just watch online. That's even better. Think about this. Does this make sense to you? Wouldn't it stand to reason that Satan knows that he can keep you from that as long as he's got you in this? And here you are going, well, I could never serve the Lord or do this or do that, or even share the Lord with somebody because of what I did. There's Satan going, yeah, I wouldn't if I were you. Wait a minute. I'm just one sinner telling another sinner about the Savior. You know what's interesting about the Apostle Paul? Okay, this will be the last, last thing right here. <laughs> you know the Apostle Paul, throughout the epistles, he starts off, you know, he's the the apostle, Paul the apostle, by the Lord, you know. And in the introduction of the letter, he'll introduce himself and, you know, he'll say apostle. And then as you get towards the end of his life, it's not the apostle Paul. He, he now refers to himself as, wait for it, chief of sinners. Paul, you? Yeah. Ah. Well then, what are you doing writing the epistles? Chief of sinners? Oh, you haven't heard. I've been forgiven and cleansed. And if there was ever a man that the enemy could, in fact, some believe this was the thorn in his flesh. It was the constant reminder from the enemy of all of those Christians that he had killed, thinking he was doing God a favor. Can you imagine what he lived with for the rest of his life? Man, Satan could have taken him out in a heartbeat, but he didn't. 
I mean, this guy had Christians killed, man. They heard Saul of Tarsus was coming. Man, they ran for the, in fact, even after he gets saved, here's Barnabas. He's going, hey, Saul of Tarsus got saved. It's a trap. It's a trick. He did not, do not let him come in to our Bible study and prayer meeting. It's a trap, not him. No, he did. He got saved. Welcome him. He's a brother in Christ now. No. When you heard Saul of Tarsus was coming, you ran away because of what he would do. Now, could you imagine? It's just like the Lord, isn't it? Saves a sinner like that. And by the way, where do we get off on thinking that we were such a great deal, you know, (laughs) for the Lord? You know, we talk about, I gave my life to the Lord. That's not the miracle. Here's the miracle. He accepted it. No, I'll let, you, I'll let you think about that one. Now, I gave my life to the Lord. Well, did He take it? Yeah. I wouldn't have. Well, that's why you're not God. I mean, what is it about us that we, we always shed ourselves in the most favorable of light? You know, yeah, I came to the Lord and You know, I I never really did the kind of things like you did. You know, people share their testimonies. Man, I was a, you know, like, whoa, wow, God had to save you, dude. And here's another guy that comes up. Yeah, I grew up in the church and, you know, I just, you know, I gave my life to Christ at age 13 and just, you know, I really never did any of those things. Oh, my word. Right? I just want to say and pray. You're free, man. You're free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Free. You're free. Live like it. You've been forgiven. Live like it. Next time Satan comes around, he's, you know, he he brings the takeout, you know, pops the popcorn and, you know, gives you the remote. Hey, sit down. Let's, you know, I'm going to show you the DVD of all of your sins. That's a, that's an epic series on mine. (laughs) Next time he tries to remind you of your sin, you just remind him of what's coming to him. (laughs) In the book of Revelation, which is by the way, why Christians don't, this will be the last, last thing. Why, you wouldn't want somebody reading a book that was about how it ended for you. That's why Christians, I, I believe, don't read the book of Revelation. Satan tries to keep him out of it because, oh, this, oh, 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 you want to remind me of that? Uh, You sit down. I'm going to tell you about what's coming for you. Okay, calm down. (laughs) Let's, Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for sending your only begotten Son, because of your love for us. You so loved us that you sent Jesus to die for us, that whoever among us would but believe would be saved and not perish and have everlasting life. Oh Lord, thank you. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins and cleansing us from the nagging guilt of our sins. In Jesus' name.
Amen. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Hebrews is rather enlightening as it traces all the history and traditions of the Old Testament, but ties them into the significance of Jesus and the New Testament. Essentially, Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament covenants and symbols. Jesus is the high priest. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb. It would be fascinating to have been a Jew during Jesus' time and to then later realize that Jesus was and is everything he said he would be. To fully understand the newer things, it's important to go back and appreciate the older ways, how it was done prior to Jesus coming to earth. The book of Hebrews is a wealth of knowledge and a resource for this exact thing. If you're just getting into this study and want to listen to other teachings from Hebrews, we invite you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. You can find more messages there. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join us on Sundays or Thursdays at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word, looking for nuggets of wisdom and insights that God wants to teach you right in the book of Hebrews. As we look forward to next time, we trust that you've been encouraged by what you've heard today. Come back again for another edition of In Spirit and Truth 